When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of The Quack Report. It's been a while, hasn't it, Nate? It's been a while <laughs> since we've done a Quack Report happy. <laughs> Careful, we might get, uh, we might get taken down. <laughs> not bad, not bad. They're like, this sounds too on par. Flag it. <laughs> Oh, it's better man. than I could have done. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. You can do some, you can do some pretty good voices too. Yeah, it depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like it's been. Uh, we didn't do one Sunday because there was we did a watch or no because you were you were busy. We did we didn't do one last Wednesday because there was a watch along. Yeah, so, so it was been last Sunday. Sunday, that. yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was the one so, where my my voice was gone and. <laughs> oh right, so, and we were doing like some ASMR stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And the only reason I remember that actually that like, we even did that, is because uh, our friend shout out to Kaylee was like giving us play by play of her listening to it <laughs> and sending us gifts all along yeah. the way. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> yeah, she compared yeah, your voice to oh, what's her name? Why can't I remember uh, her name? Roz. Roz, thank you yeah. for Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. <laughs> that was pretty good. That one was really good. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, actually, I, I laughed out loud, actually. Genuinely laughed out loud when I saw that. Like, yes, yeah. So. yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, that was very good. <laughs> I see we got Marcus joining in from uh, vacation in England. Hey, it's... Oh, it's jealous, dude. It's three in the morning. I have to be up at nine a.m. to go on a train at ten to go to London. Dude, Damn. dedication! Thank you very much, Marcus. Thanks for tuning uh, in. Can we get some air horns for Marcus? Because you Absolutely. still have <laughs> the keyboard file. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I don't want you to have this power during the Battle of Alberta. <laughs> but you can have it. Come on. Yes. That's not fair. Yeah. That's not fair. <laughs> hey, I put in the hard five minute work to put this together. So. <laughs> Actually, it, w- it was like an hour because I w- was being dumb, but you know, <laughs> still. <laughs> oh, he says he stayed man. up just for this, to be honest. Oh, oh, thank you very much. We man. appreciate it. Marcus, we, we do appreciate it. But also make sure to get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't want to miss your train. That would uh, no. that'd be rough, but pretty cool that you're in England. That's a place I have not been able to visit yet, but I think it would be pretty awesome. So. Supposed to go last year, but the pandemic oh, kind right. of put a kibosh to that. So yeah, I was there yeah. and uh, and... Ireland, Scotland. I honestly forget which one I was supposed to. Ireland. Yeah. But we were supposed to have like time in 
uh, London and that sort of thing. So, oh yeah, but eventually, yeah. eventually I'll be able to do it. So one day, yeah. One day. Uh, we also got Ali tuning in. Quack quack. What's up? Uh, I figured you didn't do one because you were too hungover from the back <laughs> of Alberta. No, uh, like if we're if we're talking about, oh no, the Sunday, yeah, no, the Sunday there was a game. Um, yeah, no, I was just I was just out of town. That's all it was. So yeah. And he wouldn't have wanted to do one anyways after. No, that was that terrible. Like, yeah, we, we were talking about it on the live stream for uh, for game four last night. And uh, I, I watched like a good chunk of the first period. And it was fine, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't I didn't have a chance to see the rest of it. Uh, except <laughs> for, you know, like highlights after the fact. And ugh, that was that was bad. Um, it wasn't as bad for game four, luckily, from a viewing perspective on my part, but yeah. uh, it, it was still pretty rough as well. Um, that, uh, that that stream is still available on the THP and YouTube channel as well. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to that uh, if you haven't already as well. And uh, turn on the notification bell, then you know when we're live for that, which is game five, potentially six and seven from here on out. So, I mean... Oh, you I would missed you. <laughs> I, I would like to have at least a game six. That'd be yeah. nice. <laughs> both both for uh you know for my flames viewing pleasure, but also for uh for my pocketbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for my oh, wallet. Yeah, I've got you put you I've got you put money on the down on the series going to six games. So I didn't actually okay. do it. Oh no, you didn't? No, oh. I didn't. Oh, I, I thought, thought about did. it, but I didn't. So gotcha. But, yeah. yeah. I, I mean you still predicted it. To go to six games, like yeah. So when, <laughs> fingers so. crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So um, we got Lauren chiming in here with a quack quack. Hey, Lauren, welcome What's up, back, Lauren. And uh, going back to our conversation with Marcus here, uh, Ali says I went to Ireland once and stayed on a peacock farm. Highly recommend. Ooh, sweet. That's cool. Very nice. Very nice. I uh. Oh, I, was gonna I, say, I, I don't think I've ever actually like seen a peacock before, so I don't know if it would like be annoying to be on a peacock really? farm. No, I like I've seen a peacock, but like not in person. Have you never been to the Calgary Zoo? Uh, no, I have. I just do they have peacocks there, dude. They just like wander the park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's All like right. trying to find Mickey Mouse at Disneyland. Going to like... <laughs> the Calgary Zoo, apparently, we're gonna go find some ducks and peacocks. <laughs> I mean, I've only been like maybe three times. In my okay. life, okay. We and one of those go. times was in the winter time to see the zoo lights. So ah, fair enough. Okay, it's we gotta we gotta go at some fun. point because I also want to go see the penguins. I like going to see the penguins. Oh, yeah. Those are my yeah. those are my favorite part of the exhibit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we also got uh, Craig Granger uh, tuning in here saying, uh, "Go Flames!" But G A or G E A U X Flames. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Craig? Um. Yeah, I mean, we we got a little bit of Ducks news. Nothing too crazy, but just something small. Do we want to get into it here? Yeah, let's do it. This is your show, dude. I know. (laughs) I don't know what I was doing. (laughs) You're used to watch a lot at this point. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (laughs) He's like, yeah, the Jazz is going to keep going. That's how we'll feel time. It's it's been what like ten days since we did our last episode, and I already forget how to do this. Yes, this happens all the time. Eight days, I think YouTube said when I was trying to pull up back information. Uh, so 
So Getzlaff uh, was nominated uh, as a finalist for the King Clancy uh, Trophy, which goes to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. Um, I feel like we've briefly talked about this. I think it must have been on a on a watch along, or it, it must have been. Or did we just um, talk about it in general? I don't remember to be honest with you. It had to have been a watch along. Yeah, it, it had to have been. Yeah, it was a watch along, or oh no, it's the Masterton. Um, maybe that's what we were talking about—the Masterton Trophy. Because I think Getzlaff got nominated for that from the Ducks, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe. I'm double checking yeah. that now. Yeah, because that's the one where, or is that it's that one in the King Clancy where everybody, every team nominates one player, right? Yeah, the the Masterton Trophy is uh, the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Um, yeah, I don't. Oh, who did it say? Oh yeah, here we go. P PHWA announces the 2022 Masterton Trophy nominees. Yeah, Getzlaff was nominated for it. So yeah, okay. we were talking about the Masterton Trophy, not the, gotcha. uh, not gotcha. the King Clancy. So okay, yeah. So yeah, Getzlaff nominated for the King Clancy. King. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the Klingong. <laughs> Getzlaff nominated for the King Clancy Trophy, uh, along with Darnell Nurse of Edmonton and PK Subban of New Jersey. Uh, and this is Getzlaff Getzlaff's first time being nominated. I think Subban's fourth, if I remember that correctly. Um, oh, geez. And I think Nurse is first as mm -hmm. well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, we saw it with his, um, uh, his last game at Honda Center, right? Like all the support mm -hmm. of, and all the people he was talking to from all over the community, um, kind of on his way out for, I think it was before warm-ups, right? Like you, you kind of saw the people that he yeah. had touched along the way. So it was, it was uh, it was it was when he was arriving to the rink for that game, but yeah, uh, just you know, tons of people lining the hallways and that sort of thing. And um, I forget if it was a past episode or watch along. I I don't even remember like who I was talking to. Might not have even been you. Who knows? I just like to yeah. talk hockey in general. <laughs> um, but you could there, there's a difference between you know like, and, and a lot of the time you can tell like there, there's let, let's be honest, there's not a whole lot of great actors in hockey. There are. Yes. Some, don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, you know, like there's there's kind of the difference. Like sometimes you can tell when someone's like, you know, pretending to recognize or that sort of thing. Ryan yeah. Geslaff looked like he genuinely recognized every single person in that hallway mm -hmm. and like gave him a moment and everything like that as well. So yeah. um, but yeah, you're right. He's he's helped out a lot of people. Um and uh yeah, just to um yeah, there, there was some information here in this article on the Ducks website. I'm just trying to find it here exactly. Uh, where did that go? Where did that go? Um, oh, yeah. So Getzlaff has spearheaded numerous organizational charitable, uh, organizational charitable initiatives throughout his 17 NHL seasons in Southern California, including the launch of the Ducks Learn to Play program in 2008. Getzlaff donated his time and resources to help kids skate who otherwise couldn't afford to play with 18,000 kids. No, I didn't read that wrong. 18,000 kids having participated in the Learn Play program to date, while he has helped provide 9,500 kids with full sets of hockey equipment. Throughout his career, he has also helped the Anaheim Ducks Foundation, 
raise more than $15.5 million to support its mission to produce positive change for children and families throughout Southern California by providing educational opportunities, broad, uh, helping raise over $4.27 million to fund impactful research for the nonprofit organization. Cure Duchesne raises awareness and funds research to find a cure for, uh, I, I really hope I'm saying that right, Duchesne, uh, Duchesne muscular dystrophy, uh, dystrophy uh, a progressive muscle disease that impacts one in every 3,500 boys. That's a lot of stuff. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, yeah. and that's a lot of money that yeah. he has put towards and helped raise and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So very deserving, and uh, it feels almost fitting that it's you know at the end of his final season in the NHL. Yeah, that he's uh, that he's up for this award. It's it's kind of like a cap on everything too, especially because like yeah. this last year was very much a transition into like okay, what's like the legacy I can leave on the game and like yeah. some of these players that are just entering the league. So like this trophy is kind of like the capstone of like okay, this is what I've like this is my legacy on hockey in general, not just in yeah, the exactly or with the Ducks. So it's like leave a legacy or like win a cup, you know break a bunch of records for yourself and then like leave a legacy on like some of the young guys, leave a legacy for the ducks, leave a legacy for the NHL, leave a legacy for hockey in general. Like it's just so much mm-hmm. stuff. And it's, it's just kind of, he's slowly getting that recognition for everything that he's done now because it, it's coming to the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think, uh, this comment from Ali was in regards to the, um, amount of like full kits of gear that, uh, he was able to provide with his foundation. Mm. Wow, that's so many in such a short time. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Like you say, like all those numbers, and you said that was two thousand eight was kind of when he started the. Uh, yeah, two thousand eight. Right? Uh, two thousand eight was the start of the Ducks Learn to Play program. Yeah, so like in my mind, that's a long time ago. But really, that's mm. like fourteen years ago. Like that's not a, not a long time for a like charitable foundation to be around. So to accomplish that much is like crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was also a comment here from Ali. Uh, it's crazy that Subban's been nominated so many times, though. Going to have to look up what he's done. I'm just pulling up their article uh, right now, The Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a finalist, actually, for the third straight year and his fourth time overall. Um, and that's between Montreal, Nashville, and now New Jersey as well, having been there for a few seasons. Yeah. Um, Subban launched the Blue Line Buddies uh, to help bridge the gap between law enforcement and underprivileged children uh, with game day in-person meet and greets. Uh, he brought the program from Nashville to New Jersey there in Newark. Uh, and even with the challenges brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, Subban continued to, to do the program by holding those meet and greets via, uh, you know, like Zoom or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, uh, Subban has donated millions of dollars to the Montreal Children's Hospital uh, and established PK's Helping Hand, a foundation to provide financial support to families with children suffering from illnesses. His efforts have included a $10 million pledge to the Montreal Children's Hospital in 2015, which is the largest ever donation by a Canadian athlete or pledge, uh, a $1 million gift in March for uh, Les Spots. Uh, the hospital's new mental health clinic and donations for Ukrainian cancer patients who have been uprooted amid their country's current war. Additionally, he has spread his personal credo to change the game by speaking out on racial and social uh, justice issues 
and serving as the co-chair of the NHL's Player Inclusion Committee, which guides initiatives and programs that foster a more inclusive environment for underrepresented hockey players. Um, I also want to add in here because it's not there, which is kind of a shame that uh, he, he is on the board or like one of the founding members, I believe, of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the HDA there with uh, Akeem Alou, I believe Darnell Nurse is also part of that, which I'll, I'll pull up his stuff, you know, about now that we've gone through Subban as well. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, not, not that these guys are, you know, looking for recognition because of like what they're like from what they're doing or that kind of thing. Right. But, but I want to bring some recognition to it. Right. Like these are awesome people who, um, yeah, like you were talking about Carter, like their legacy and that sort of thing. Right. Like hockey is their means to be able to do something good. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I will pull up uh, Darnell nurse here. If uh, you, you have, yeah, sure. you would like to say, um, yeah, just about Subban. I thought he had won the King Clancy before but uh he actually actually hasn't um so he's only been nominated oh, really? the um the four times and yeah uh, for some reason i thought he won it like kind of the when he was in montreal i think um mm-hmm. but no he I, I must be thinking of the norris trophy because he won that in 2013 which i believe he was still in montreal then gotcha um so, um but yeah so i mean in like like you said it doesn't it really matters to these guys if they win or not. Like this isn't the, um, this yeah, isn't the trophy that anyone like actively seeks out for yeah. the sake of getting the trophy, right? But but it, um, but it's it, definitely... it would be nice for him to get it after all yeah. of these years of being nominated, right? Yeah, exactly. It's definitely something that, uh, yeah, it's 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 a pride thing, right? To like you said, it's not something that you actively go out to try to win this award or that sort of thing, right? But you can take some pride in it that you're. Uh, your help has been recognized in that sort of thing. Um, Not to the same extent as these guys or anything like that, but um, like I remember for uh, my junior lacrosse team, we had a a award kind of similar, like just, you know, the player who gives back to the game of uh, the game of lacrosse. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to win that um, all four years I played Um, and that sort of thing. And and that's, that's an award I hold very dear to my heart and that sort of thing. And uh, I actually got to meet the um, the daughter of uh, who the award's named after, and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, that that was a really cool uh, that was a really cool experience. So, uh, yeah, I, I do have Darnell Nurse's stuff uh, here now. So Darnell Nurse has served as a pillar in the community throughout his tenure in Edmonton, focusing on initiatives dedicated to immigrants and Indigenous youth, education access, mentorship, and racial and social justice. As an ambassador of Free Play for Kids. Nurse helps provide marginalized children, many of whom are refugees, new Canadians, or Indigenous youth, with the opportunity to play sports in a safe, accessible, and inclusive environment and offers kids from Edmonton's most socially vulnerable schools the chance to attend an Oilers game and meet him afterwards. Whoever, Sorry, whoever whoever wrote that really needs to work on their run-on sentences. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He also serves as an ambassador for Right to Play, which aims to protect, educate, and empower children to raise above adversity through the power of sport. Nurse expanded his efforts in helping kids by announcing the creation of the Darnell Nurse Excellence Scholarship in 2021, teaming up with St. Thomas More Catholic Secondary School, his alma, uh, alma mater yeah, uh, in Hamilton, Ontario, to award two scholarships each year to deserving students pursuing post-secondary aspirations. Uh, Nurse has also been a prominent youth mentor 
and an outspoken advocate for diversity and inclusion, recently serving as a spokesperson for the league's Respect Hockey Initiative. So, yeah, so, yeah great, great things done by all three of these guys. Yeah, like I, uh, I think we talked about, or I talked about this when we talked about the Masterton Trophy, like um, when Bobby Ryan won it, I, I don't think it was last year, I think it was two years ago, and I remember we talked about it. Um, for the for the Masterton, you said sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a while back, anyways. So, um, so long time listeners might remember this, but it was. Um, I, I had said something like, "This is like all of the guys that were nominated for the Masterton that year were deserving of it equally." And like, it, yeah. I thought it was kind of a shame that like you only kind of had your your one chance at winning it, um, and like mm. it. it it's not that it felt like it took away from like the accomplishments and like the things that these people overcome came for the Masterton. Um, yeah. Cause like with Bobby Ryan, it was um, dealing with like um, addiction. If I remember. Yeah. It was right. uh, yeah. Alcoholism and substance abuse. Yeah. So. And then I think that was also the same year. Um, Oscar Lindblom from Philly was nominated and um, he had like overcome. Um, I don't remember the type of cancer, but some some form of cancer and then returned yeah. to the game, right? So it's Which, like both of those guys are equally, they, they should equally be recognized for those accomplishments. So it's like you should almost just give that award to them like at any point in the season. It's like, oh, yeah. Bobby Ryan came back after battling substance abuse and like scored a hat trick. Like, here you go. Here's the master. And like, that's huge. Yeah, then, you like, could have like multiple winners throughout a year or even just instead of like, oh, we're only going to pick one name. Yeah, you could have the three finalists be the three winners kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, I, I almost think like for the same... Oh, sorry, go ahead. with Lindblom did win it, uh, was nominated as well, and won it the next year for 2021. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so I got yeah. my years overlapped a little bit. I, th- I think he was... Yeah, was he, he nominated I, I believe he was nominated well? for 2020 as well because um, he didn't... I don't, I don't think he was... He wasn't playing in the bubble... Because that's kind of when it started, right. and then it went into the next season. So yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, um, so I almost feel like it should kind of be that way with the King Clancy as well. Because like you read off of all of these guys's, mm. um, they're all accomplishments deserve, yeah. against. Yeah, it's like it's it's hard to pick just one. So like I, I mean, to them being nominated is probably enough of a recognition, right? But like yeah, it's it should almost be like okay, this is the end of Get's last career. Like let's nominate him for it. And it's like oh, PK Subban has been doing this for five years and like contributing two million dollars every year like let, let's recognize him next year or something like that mm-hmm. like at, you know once guys reach like a very subjective milestones like they should be recognized yeah kind, kind of thing so yeah um I, I don't know again that's just me nitpicking and <laughs> a, a little bit and trying to you know make it so that all of these guys get like their fair share of recognition yeah. right but like yeah their moment in the spotlight kind of thing for for the good that they've done in their communities, so yeah, um, so yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, we hope that Getzlaff um, wins it because a, it's kind of his last chance, and and b, mm-hmm. he, he has done a lot for it. But uh, I mean, I think just being nominated is awesome, and he'll he'll probably can still continue to help out with all of those things that he's mm-hmm. done. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about uh? Boat gets laugh here, Nate. Uh, no, I think we, I think we covered it. So, yeah, congratulations to all three of those guys for being nominated. It's again, it's unfortunate that only one person can win it 
all three of these guys are deserving. Plus, plus the others as well that maybe didn't make the final cut, right? Like if you, if you give back to your community in some way, you're deserving of this trophy. So, sorry, I thought you were going to talk longer. Nope, <laughs> Our is all mixed up. I thought I could sneak some water in there. But um, quickly, before we get into the, um, the the Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoff talk here, a couple questions I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, sure. First from Lauren here. Um, I find it strange that Barry Trotz and Peter DeBoer were fired by the Islanders and Golden Knights, <laughs> but we keep Dallas Eakins. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like. I mean, looking at, like, the success that um, the Islanders and the Golden Knights had, like, uh, well, almost success. Like, they almost made the playoffs, right? And, like, how not close the Ducks were. Like, just going off of that, it's like, okay, well, maybe Eakin should have been fired as well. But um, I I don't know. These, like, uh, first of all, I understand your point. And I I do think that Mm -hmm. we should have let Eakins go um but with Trotz and DeBoer like it's it feels a little different to me because it's it's almost like they're they're not getting fired for the team underperforming like they're being fired because they want a different voice yeah so the yeah so Barry Trotz and the Islanders it it sounds like you said uh the reports coming out were just you know they just needed a different voice in the locker room and that sort of thing which then they follow up with hiring their assistant coach. I forget his name, but that's not really much of a different voice. So I feel like there's something yeah. else going on there we just haven't heard of, and we probably never will because it's Lou Lamorello uh, as the GM there <laughs> in New York. Yeah, uh, Pete DeBoer is, I think, a completely different animal in the sense that th- there was a lot of public... Uh, battles i guess in a way with uh you know robin leonard as one example but a few different mm-hmm. players uh especially throughout this season and uh I, I i do feel like it could be a voice thing as well and you take a look at pete, pete DeBoer's uh, track record as well that um you know it, it's kind of got a it, it's kind of like barry trotz or not barry trotz sorry uh john tortorella um mm-hmm. where they seem to kind of have like a shelf life before it doesn't really work anymore Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. that was kind of it with Pete DeBoer as well. Um, so I think it was kind of a mix of the two. Um, that being said, though, in re- relation to Anaheim, because everything should actually revolve around Anaheim, let's be honest here. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see either of these two coaches being the fit, if that's maybe where you're going with this, Lauren. Um, Barry Trotz is a very defensive-minded uh, coach. I don't think that really works as well for the Ducks. It, I'm sure John Gibson would probably love it uh, a little bit more, but you know we're we're looking at uh, potentially like high flying uh, offense, right? With guys like mm-hmm. Zegris and hopefully Comtois, if he can put it together again, uh, you know Terry, uh, Milano, just to name a few guys, yeah. and Pete DeBoer. Yeah, it just I don't know. I just don't see a fit whatsoever. The only reason I feel like I'd want Pete DeBoer as the coach, to be honest, is that he has coached uh, two teams now, as far as I can recall. I might have to take a look again. Uh, two teams within our division, so he knows a fair deal of how they work mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But um, I don't really see either of those two guys fitting in. Now, for Dallas Eakins specifically, I've kind of come to the realize or the not the realization, but 
um, the uh, just kind of the acceptance that there's def there, there's a plan by Pad for Beak here, right? And there's the extension of just or not even an extension. Um, it's the uh, renewal, I guess, of uh, of one season. And I feel like it's because Pad for Beak has somebody else in mind that's not available yet. Mm-hmm. So you just okay, you know what? We'll give him because really this was his first full season. They did have flashes of greatness before injuries plagued and whatever else John Gibson picked up in Vegas. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't mind uh, having some time kind of away from everything. I don't mind giving him one more shot, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. Now, ask me again in what it's May. So yeah, ask, ask me. <laughs> ask me. Yeah, mid-October. Let, let, you know what? Let's go by like American Thanksgiving in November there. Yeah. Ask me then again. And I might have less hair on my head from pulling it out because of Dallas Eakins. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel actually more comfortable with it right now. Just with that idea, at least, of there, there's somebody else in mind and we needed somebody still to hold that spot for them in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, too, like, because it's just like the one-year option on his contract, like it wasn't an extension for multiple years, it's like... It, to me, that kind of alludes to like the, like you said, okay, we're not ready to move on to the next coach yet. Like mm-hmm. either they're not available or we don't know who that is. We don't know the identity of this team. And Dallas Eakins like already has a rapport with these guys that are there, right? Like, yeah. And I don't think he's like lost any of them either. Like I think Zegris and Terry and Gibson and Fowler like still have a ton of respect for Dallas Eakins and know like they, they kind of have knowledge of what the expectations are both from the coach and the Eakins knows kind of what to expect from these guys. Um, but I mean, our, our team's going to be drastically different going into next season, yeah. right? So how can you be like, I want this coach and then um, let's try and bring a bunch of players in and oh shit, now all of a sudden we have like this high flying team and this defensive coach like that, that doesn't really match up. Mm-hmm. Like at, we, at least with Eakins, y- you know what you're getting, right? Yeah. So that's, that yeah, I, I, I Which kind is of agree just, with you. It, sense, is it's so. somebody serviceable right now? Yeah, um, so, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not saying he's great or he's the guy or anything like that. He he's serviceable. So yeah, um, she she clarifies here in a couple other comments. Um, I'm saying that we need a new head coach who wants to win because Dallas Eakins isn't going to cut it. Uh, Eakins can't lead. He plays the wrong lineups. He doesn't make adjustments. He has a losing record and he sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm not arguing with no, yeah, with exactly. your points. Yeah. I'm just saying it's there's there there at the time at least, and you know maybe he could have waited a little bit longer, but th- there wasn't. It didn't look like there was anyone available who could potentially work with at least what was constructed at the time for this team. Yeah, if so. If this team has a losing record by say like January, I, but like a losing record, but like they still look like they could maybe make it into the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like Eakins continues to be the problem. I could see him being let go. Like yeah. I think his leash leash is very very short, um, but so yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of where I sit with that. Mm-hmm. And and like who knows? Maybe Pat Verbeek is now just gonna you know kind of not build the team around Eakins, but like, you know, give him players that he can actually work with because yeah. he hasn't really had that for the last couple of years. Um, in, in all fairness to Eakins. So yeah, that's, good old uh, Bob Murray. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's been, I mean, it's been rough goings, right? So yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of, uh, yeah. Like you said, after some time away from it, like I'm ready to give him another shot, but the leash is very short. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the other comment here that we'll get to. Well, well, we'll talk about it now, but we'll get to it later as well. Uh, Non-hockey question from Ali. How hyped are you guys for Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> Nate's got a big smile across his face. Oh, yeah. I am so excited. I've watched a, like a couple interviews here and there with, uh, you know, like Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and like um, seeing. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into this a bit more later because I am super excited for the first two episodes to come out on Friday. But just them acknowledging that uh, or being able to recognize now that, uh, you know, the, the, the people like Carter and I, right, who grew up with the prequels, we're now old enough to have a voice and a presence, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, back in, you know, 99, I guess, for Ewan McGregor and then starting for like 2001, 2002 for Hayden Christensen, right, taking on the role of Anakin, Um the people who were the Star Wars fans before who had the voice were the fans of the original trilogy when they were kids, right? Like yeah. Star Wars really is a multi-generational thing at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been around for, I, today was the 45th anniversary of the original movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, so the, the people like us now have a voice and are giving out our appreciation for these movies and that sort of thing. Revenge of the Sith is a top three Star Wars movie for myself personally. Um, I, it's not like, oh, it's the dark movie or that kind of thing. Just having also it, it got brought up even higher after the fact for myself uh, because of the Clone Wars series. But I also remember like the day I went to go see episode three on opening day with uh, with my dad. I wore uh, it was it, it was a Hogwarts uh, Halloween like cloak. But I think I uh, just like covered up whatever like Hogwarts patch was on it mm-hmm. and had my lightsaber at school and everything like that. And we went straight from school to the movie theater and went and saw it and not. So like I got, I got fond memories of that movie, too. But um, but yeah, just them like you know, kind of seeing the appreciation now for what they did like almost 20 years later. Right. Which is, that's ridiculous and sad almost, but at the same time, they're able to come back to this now and have so many people embrace them as these characters and whatnot. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you could almost argue that you and McGregor is more synonymous with Obi-Wan than uh, in, in Star Wars fans' minds than Alec Guinness is, right? And again, that might depend on what generation you're from, right? Like for my dad, yeah, yeah Obi-Wan is is Alec Guinness. For myself, Obi-Wan is Ewan McGregor and uh, and James Arnold Taylor as well if you're if you're looking at voice acting. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, so I'm I'm super hyped for this series. Um I've only watched like the two little trailers and I've stayed away from everything else because I, I do want to go into this as fresh as possible. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Ewan back as, uh, well, not even back really as Obi-Wan, right? He is Ben Kenobi at this point, hiding from the empire, uh, Hayden Christensen returning, uh, presumably mostly in the Darth Vader suit, but he'll, you know, it's, it, it, it'll be the, the Anakin mannerisms inside the suit and everything like that too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there was rumors that we might even get some Clone Wars flashbacks. So, I mean, if we can get Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen in, like, you know, the uh, like the modified clone armor, basically fighting in the Clone Wars and that sort of thing. Who knows? Maybe maybe we get surprised even with a uh, a live action young Ahsoka from that era, right? You don't know what to expect, actually. So, um, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. I'm super excited. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm definitely not as excited about it as Nate because <laughs> I don't think many people are more excited. But no, I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. Um, yeah, like Nate and I are the same age, so like I, I we grew up with these movies, and like we're the yeah. same age when they came out, and very impressionable young kids that like Star Wars was kind of like. Like, our dads both liked Star Wars, but we are like, oh, those yeah. are old people movies. I mean, not really, but, like, to an extent, it's like, <laughs> you, like th- that's your thing. And then, like, they came out with these new ones, and we were like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, we I, were two when episode one came out, so I guess... Yeah. Yeah. The, but, the, like, second, the second movie I can ever remember seeing, I think, would have been episode two, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Because I know... I do remember going to see the original Spider-Man, which came out, I think, a month or even just, like, a few weeks before that i'd have to look at the release dates again but um but i do remember going to both of those movies at least and like i said i remember going to episode three and and since episode three uh my dad and i have gone to every single star wars movie for that's been released for the first time and yes even including the animated clone wars movie which you know then spawned the tv so uh tv show so Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah, needless to say, we're very excited for it. I, I still haven't finished the book of Boba Fett. Um, I'm like halfway through it, but Ooh, and like I know that yeah. they don't. Well, I'm assuming they don't carry over, but I I still feel like I need to watch the book of Boba Fett. Before. No, I I don't believe it will because Obi Wan is set ten years after Revenge of the Sith, nine years yeah. before the original movie, whereas the book of Boba Fett is set like years after Episode Six. So yeah, you yeah. should be fine. Yeah, exactly. But like, I still like in my mind, I can't like just jump to yeah that's fair to that one like i as well i know what you're being tonight then so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean well tonight tomorrow yeah friday before watching kenobi yeah yeah (laughs) it'll it'll happen so it'll happen um because yeah there's only what like seven episodes i think book of boba fett and i've seen like three six or seven yeah so like yeah halfway there but yes very excited for it the (laughs) the prospect of being able to watch Kenobi is getting me through uh, the book of Boba Fett. Not like getting me through, but like getting me to, you know, actually watch it because it, mm-hmm. it is good. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's take a uh, quick break here, I guess. And then um, that should leave us a decent amount of time to talk about the uh, four series that are going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so here's a message from DraftKings. Promo code THPN is what you can use at sign up for exclusive offers. And we'll see you in just a couple minutes. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, just so everybody's aware, maybe we want we even want to start talking about this series, unless you want to leave it for the end because there's three minutes left in the game. Uh, yeah, Nathan, Mc- <laughs> Nathan McKinnon just scored a hat trick. Oh, nice! So, <laughs> like, just three minutes ago. So Sick. the game, the game is currently four three St. Louis with uh, two forty five left. Is what I'm seeing here. Four three St. Louis, or sorry, four three Colorado. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was very confused for a second because last <laughs> I saw it was 3-1 Colorado. But, yeah, my apologies. Um, my apologies. Um, I, I was thinking let's start with Tampa Bay, Florida since that's the only series that's done so far. Yeah, and um, I guess we can be quick about that considering Tampa was pretty quick about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, <laughs> a, no, absolutely not. Like, don't get me wrong. Everybody was expecting probably a good battle, right? Yeah, and it was kind of up in the air. I feel like where, oh yeah, you have you know Florida's been on a tear and that kind of thing, right? They did awesome in the regular season, and you got Tampa who played a very strong series against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and uh, and you know they know what they're doing, and uh, yeah, I don't think anybody expected the Florida Panthers, who were the highest scoring team in the NHL this year, to only have three goals in four games. Yeah, they were shut out for the first time. All, this all season. season, yeah, <laughs> they. I think in an elimination season, game, yeah, during the regular time. season, they only allowed or they only scored one goal in three games. Every other game, it was like way more. It was like yeah. I guess two or more. Um, and then in this series alone, they had three games where they only scored one goal. Like, and I don't even think it was because of a lack of trying for them. Like they had. I mean, in the elimination game, they insanely shot out. Uh, shot them. Wait, like forty-nine me... to twenty-six in game four. Oh, I was gonna take a guess. I was gonna say oh, forty-nine. I was gonna say forty-nine to twenty-seven. I almost had it. <laughs> yeah, um, thirty-five, thirty-six in game three. Uh, thirty-six for the Panthers. Twenty-eight for the Lightning in game two. Thirty-four, thirty-six. So, like they, they all, all of the games, they had a decent. Vasilevsky is an animal. He's insane, dude. Absolutely <laughs> insane. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's. It, I don't think it's for lack of trying for Florida. It's, it's just Tampa Bay ascending to another level. Yeah. What was the? Oh, there's a stat that I saw or heard, and it was, uh, it was Vasilevsky. I think in the last seven potential uh, like clinching games um, that go back to 2020 in the bubble, uh, Vasilevsky has allowed one goal. And yeah, that was, was the last. And that was the last the series least. against Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> every yeah. other game he's gotten a shutout in clinching situations. What the fuck? Yeah, like 
get me that guy's meal plan. Like that's yeah, right. <laughs> that's insane. Or like get like I want to drink out of his taps. Like get sell, me that guy's sell height, Vasilevsky please. tap water. <laughs> yeah, give me that guy's height. You you put him and I together, you get an average size human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean Tampa Bay is going to get a good rest here before they face the winner of uh, New York and Carolina. Which and, that's going to be a good series, no matter who takes that one. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, how's, how's the other one doing? I think it's over now. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, we can just, we can finish off the East and then we oh, can yeah, sure. head over to West. Uh, yeah, sure. Sounds there's a good. minute, there's a minute left. Okay. Um, so yeah, New York, Carolina, um, that series is all tied up at deuces. Um, so we're going to have at least two more games of that one. Um, Carolina is perfect at home and unperfect imperfect imperfect, imperfect. Yeah. <laughs> on the road it's like 6 and 0 at home 0 and 5 on the road during the playoffs jeez like they they're lucky they have they they have home ice advantage for this series do they not yep yeah, yeah right cuz yeah cuz game 1 and 2 were in with it were in carolina and that might honestly be the difference maker here right if this goes to 7 like yeah. it, it's if you look at the trends for both teams the only way that New York gets out of this is if they manage to take one in Carolina. Yeah. Otherwise, this is in seven for Carolina. So yeah is is this just a weird statistical anomaly? Jesus, <laughs> a weird statistical anomaly that Carolina has only won at home, or are they just garbage on the road? Because like that wasn't the story in the regular season. Like they were dominant yeah. everywhere. So is I think it just it, like a weird thing or? I don't know. I, I think it's kind of Carolina, especially over the last few years, is very well known for their home, right? Like playing at yeah. home and uh, and their crowd and everything like that. Whether it's the mm-hmm. storm surge at the end of games or just like like whatever, right? Um, they always just seem to do super well there. Um, so I think that definitely has a factor into it and kind of like what we were talking about Calgary and Edmonton before, uh, the, the second round started, right. Um, there, there, there is advantage obviously to home ice and that kind of thing, right. Like having that advantage in the, in the first round, but it could even just be for them that, you know, doing stuff like from home earlier in the day, instead of like out of a hotel and that kind of thing just works better for that group as a whole. Right. Yeah. And it just gets a, a little, there's just something about it that just gets a little bit more out of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, that could be it. But I mean, if they're going to, I mean, they, oh, they could so, potentially. All right, St. Louis tied it up. Oh, interesting. We're it's potentially kinda, looking at overtime here. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, with, with um, Carolina, it, it's very possible that they have home ice for the whole playoffs like they because they had that good of a regular season right yeah so it, it could not really matter but i mean i think they would have i, to, I think you kind of have to figure out how to play on the road if you're gonna yeah the cup right i think they would have to face if i remember correctly it would the only way they, they wouldn't have home ice is like if they played colorado if i'm not mistaken i, uh, I could i'd have right to look that. at that um yes yeah, Colorado yeah. or Florida, but Florida's out. So Florida's out, yeah. Um, so yeah, Colorado did finish higher than them. So until the finals, anyways, um, if both of those teams make it. But mm. yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's been an 
interesting series to watch. Like I haven't really watched the games, but I've just kind of followed it from afar, and it's mm-hmm. it's been interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Well, I was hoping by the time we got here, <laughs> we would uh, <laughs> we would have a like the series would be over. But of course, St. Louis had to make it interesting here, yeah. uh, and as you said, tie it up here. So, um, yeah, looks. I mean, Colorado's up three one right now. Um, game five is going to overtime, so. One goal could either make it a 3-2 series or a finished 4-1 series here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Colorado just continues to be dominant. Like, they they had their one loss to St. Louis and then just, like, shelled them the next game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I honestly, I was looking at this series, like, once the matchup came, and I'm like, yeah, just right away, Colorado has this. So, it, it yeah. it's, it's the one time it almost felt kind of, obvious but mind you I'll, I'll bite my tongue a little bit right now sorry any as fans listening just in case um because i mean you never know you could come back from a 3-1 deficit it's happened before um yeah but I, I just don't see it happening against the fucking colorado avalanche <laughs> yeah right like so i would be yeah. very surprised if st louis like roars back like that so yeah like don't get me wrong st louis has a solid team otherwise they wouldn't be here right but yeah they're like I, I think they play they play similar to like the Islanders and like how the Habs did last year and like Dallas and LA played in mm-hmm. this year's playoffs that took uh Calgary and Edmonton to seven games. Like that like they just play a relatively responsible defensive game and then just capitalize on their opportunities, right? So Yeah. Um like they have just enough offensive threats to be able to actually score goals. So I think St. Louis is kind of one of those teams that's built for the playoffs and to try and overcome teams like Colorado. Um, I, I still had this series, I think, only going to six games um, and Colorado taking it. But it's yeah, it and yeah, I have a hard time too. believing that St. Louis is going to win three in a row here. But who knows? Yeah, never know. So, um, yeah, Bennington is officially out for the series there after the collision with uh, I want to say it was Barbashev. For St. Louis and Kadri, yeah, I, th- I think it was Barbashev and and Kadri, yeah. Or was it Barabanov? I don't remember. Oh no, I think it was Barabanov. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. always mix those two up because their names are so similar, and I don't yeah. follow St. Louis. Enough, no, Bar- Barbashev's a f- Barbashev. Yeah, I think he's a. F- yeah, I think he's a forward. Yeah, I don't remember offhand, but but, um, yeah, at, at least out for the series, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, we're not totally sure. So, um. And then obviously there was the uh, whole incident with Kadri away from the ice, that yeah, <laughs> that sucks. And we kind of talked about it on our watch along, but yeah, um, and and touch on yeah, I was gonna too. say you know what we're we're not on the watch along right now. Like yes, we're live, but we're we're on our show, so I, I I'll dive a little bit more into it. Um, yeah. So after this, uh, Nazem Kadri, you know, starts receiving a bunch of uh, racist. Uh, messages and like death threats and everything like that um and i was listening to the uh the steve dangle podcast today and they were talking about how you know there's the the select ones that his wife had shared on her social media right of like yeah. this is what they're like this is what we're dealing with right now and everything yeah. like that which i love to see that just like not like yeah. full names and handles out there and like the exact message oh yeah like, and uh, oh, it, it makes was, me so happy and it was uh <laughs> it was mike stevens i think uh from 
the athletic. I hope I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, he had shared that as well. And then in the, like as a thread on the, on the tweet there, he had said that uh, it was like, I, like some relative of uh, one of the people who had sent a message that their handle was in there. Uh, they're now receiving like attacking messages and whatnot. And everybody's just like, Oh, we're calling the kettle black here. Um, yeah. You, honestly, like, if I'm, I'm trying to think of how, to, how to go about this, besides <laughs> you're you're carefully, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Actually, I don't ah, even think I really, fine. I don't even think I really need to. Uh, if, if you're sending those kind of messages to somebody like Nazem, like w- whether they're a professional athlete, whether you're saying it in person to uh, a person of color or anything like that in real life over a phone, which even then that's even more cowardly. I think uh, if you're doing anything of that sort whatsoever, you are a f- fucking scum of the earth, piece of shit, douchebag asshole. Like, sorry, I, I didn't, I, I, don't, I don't have a censor <laughs> button on here, but <laughs> I don't have enough words to describe how awful of a human being you are and how much of a waste of space you are on the planet that we know as earth. Just, like there's no point in telling yourself to take a look in the mirror or anything like that, because you're probably so ingrained in what in like what your thought process is in that, that you just, you are unable to be a logical human being. In my opinion, I have no tolerance for racism whatsoever. And, uh, I, I have actually like, like I'm, I'm, I'm actually fairly calm, believe it or not here. Like and I, I know what I'm saying and everything like that, and I'd say it at any other time. Uh, I've been, you know, sharing everything that's been going on with this, with the Akima Lu stuff, and every like just like I'm I'm a supporter of it. I've worn my HDA merch on here, and I know you know just kind of showing off, oh, like doesn't exactly do everything right, but like mm. you know, like buying the buying that stuff, you know, goes towards helping people to for you know like we we, we, t- we talk about this whole thing of hockey's for everyone and that sort of thing and as long as people like this like the people that are sending nazim kadri messages and whatnot the people that are uh I, I think it was wayne simmons when he was in junior or early on in his nhl career i think somebody threw like a banana at him and stuff like that oh, right, uh yeah. there, there's the instance of um uh, i forget which brother it is uh in the in the echl i believe it was um who you know is getting the the like the the monkey thing like put at like him by gesture, like other yeah, yeah the, the gesture at other players and that like there's no room for it whatsoever and until we get rid of all that kind of stuff and the people that think that way hockey is not unfortunately going to be for everyone i'm sorry to break the news and that sort of thing and like i know we use sports as an escape uh to, to a certain extent right but these are real human beings at the end of the day right who deserve just some decency and at least a smidge of respect before you're starting to throw out like racist remarks and death threats above like anything else right like um because i was listening to the angle uh podcast and they and they brought up a good point those messages that uh nazim kadri's wife had shared are not the ones that they probably have with police that had you know kadri on a 24 hour watch by mm-hmm. by Denver police, right? Like like yeah. those are not those messages, right? That that means that those messages are even worse. That that's, that's like probably horrible. the tip of the iceberg because I read exactly. those and I, that, like when I like obviously they're still bad, but when I read those, I was like, wow, like those are obviously those are bad. Horrible. But I was like, but like none of them were death threats. So I was like, man, like that means there's way worse there, that yeah. is out there. Which is like the 
just the thought of that is like chilling to me that like people exactly. would say worse than that like the shit that's out there it's, yeah exactly it's awful. so long story short to wrap up this entire rant which this is like i i feel like one of the more justified rants that i've had on mm. the three years almost four years of this show uh to, to wrap it up if you're if if you're a racist if you're making racist remarks if you're sending death threats because of a game that is people you know swinging sticks at a piece of vulcanized rubber on a sheet of ice if you're sending that kind of stuff if you're saying it in public like whether again they're professional athletes or just a normal everyday person you are a piece of garbage and i have no fucking time for you whatsoever and nobody else should either well said i'm gonna bring this comment up from ali again because it's <laughs> it's just too good but <laughs> thank you ali yeah um for those listening it's the uh like the, you know the clap yeah back emoji <laughs> Like the yes, whatever, <laughs> whatever however you want to describe it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So um, sorry, sorry, I took a little bit longer than our. Uh, it's good. We said it like five, ten minutes, kind of for each series. But I, I really need it, to get that off. It needs my to be chest. Said. And, yeah. And I, you only got so many characters on Twitter and that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? But you know, we we have this platform, and uh, you know that that goes to like dedicated listeners of this show. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time or that kind of thing, I, I don't care who you are. Just be a decent human being. It's not that hard, right? There, there's no there's no point in hating someone for the color of their skin that is completely outside of their control. There's there's no reason for it. So, yeah, um, I just want to bring up Ali's comment as well. Uh, people of color also use sports as an ex- sports as an escape and this is what they have to deal with it's disgusting and so discouraging for young kids who see themselves uh in players like Kadri. yeah mm-hmm. that's and uh, yeah oh this one too <laughs> that just came in also do they not realize hockey started as an indigenous sport mm-hmm. yeah like it's yeah there, there's roots of that along with uh you know like europeans coming over and and that kind of thing um, yeah but yeah you're, yeah you're right there's 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 roots and indigenous mm-hmm. sports and that kind of thing and um you know i i and, and as i said before my big thing is like you know like i i watch hockey i'm really invested in that sort of thing in in, in hockey in that respect but growing up uh, and, and still now i play lacrosse right which is a very indigenous sport right like it was mm-hmm. uh like looking at the history of the sport and everything like that it was used as a alternative to warfare uh, between tribes and that sort of thing as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. instead of oh, you know, you're you're scoring on a goal or that kind of thing, it was, um, you know, it was moving into in, into enemy territory, right? And if you were controlling basically play when you got to the the other tribes camp, like you won, was kind of the idea of it, and then it evolved into this other thing. So, especially like, um, you know, like I I unfortunately have seen firsthand some of you know these racist things like while i was playing and whatnot it was disgusting um and uh yeah so i i hope we can have a a, you know a better future for sport in general uh not even just hockey but um until that thought process is eliminated or those people are quieted down um and for those of you who are saying like, oh, they're they're like it's it's, it's woke and everything like that, just shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, please. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did see on Reddit as well someone that had made one of those comments that was then posted by Kadri's wife. Um, they're associated in some way with like some sort of 
school and, and the school put out a letter saying like we're investigating this person they're currently like suspended Good. until investigation is completed so Good. i am glad that like there is actually repercussions for this because like mm. you like you you can post and say like oh look at what this person said all you want but until there's actually consequences like nothing's actually gonna happen yeah. for those people like they're just gonna continue making those comments and being awful people so um yes. So, yeah, it, it's just... So, I, yeah, I, I'm glad in that respect. I, I said this on the watch-along as well. Like, props to Kadri to be able to, while all this stuff is going on, just still be able to focus in on the game. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. that's not, like, the most important thing. I, I mean, for him, it, it might be, um, is, you know, this is my job. Like, I got to still show up and, and do my job. But the fact that he was able to do that, like, when him and his family are receiving literal death threats. He's able to go out and yeah. score a hat trick for his team. Like mm-hmm. the just got to like commend the um like uh, I want to say thought process, but like the the will power, I guess to be able to go and do that, like the mental strength, I guess mm-hmm. to do that. Like it's just I, I said it better on the watch along. So just go listen to that. But like yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it's just uh, uh, character wise it's like commendable. Yeah, was able to do that. So, um, and I do want to bring up this comment here from Ali really quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why the Blues need to say something and take a stance. They're making it worse by not saying anything. Uh, this out earlier from uh, Adam Wild uh, saying, "Source tells me the reason the St. Louis Blues have yet to make a statement about the targeted racist abuse Nazem Kadri has received is quote we're working on something." It's been days. This shouldn't. This shouldn't have to be work. This should have to yeah. be a half hour at most of the PR department, and then sending it over to you know like graphics and your social media team, basically, yeah. to make it all look pretty. Like not not the words, like not the wording, but like just literally make it pretty and put it out there. Of we do not can like we we condemn these fans that are sending these messages, and. Racism has no place in our sport. Yeah. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> you, it's you had, that easy. You had feelings. It's that you, easy. <laughs> you, you had feelings. You wrote them down, and then you said them. Yeah. Like, like that's it. That's all you got to do. We, we don't need a novel about it. It's, like, it's been days. I think, I think the St. Louis Blues have said well enough by not saying anything. Yeah. So. Well. We're going to take a sharp right here <laughs> into the Battle of Alberta. Um, we're going to go from one depressing thing to another, depending on your perspective, I guess. So, yeah, we're, we're going from a depressing thing to a happy thing. If you're Carter, we're going from one depressing thing to a completely different type of depressing thing. If yeah. you're myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, uh, I feel like there was a comment. Uh, actually, there was, but I, I just need to go back and find it and then um, save it. But. Um, oh fuck, where did it go? Uh, Nate, say something while I find this because I can't talk and read at the same time. How do you feel about the series? No, no, about the series. Um, game one was great, obviously, but removed the score from a Flames perspective. That was a great game by the Flames themselves. Game four. I'm talking about game one. Sorry. Oh, game one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Um, this is this is why I need to listen still. <laughs> after that, you know, I'd say game two was a bit more even, for sure. Uh, game three, things really started to fall off, obviously. For the Flames. Yeah, and yeah. It, it didn't look... It got a little bit better, but still didn't improve a whole lot, I feel like, for game four. Defensive play on the Flames' end was brutal, and the Oilers made them pay for it. Right, like yes. go back to the go back to the watch along from from Tuesday night, and like wh- why is Zach Hyman allowed to just literally sit on the post, mm-hmm. not for like a second or two, solid five seconds? He's allowed to just sit there on a power play, no less for the Oilers. Yeah, right. Wh- why? No, you don't do no. <laughs> His feet are literally in the blue page just waiting for the puck and nobody is doing fuck all about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine with it, but <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. you, you brought up the shot map after the watch along last night. Um, the Oilers dominated in quality chances. There was a lot of good chances and two goals from right in basically the crease. Yeah. So like, l- besides that, it was fairly even in terms of shot attempts yeah. from what I remember. But just that concentration right in the crease was yeah. what really got you. So on the last episode, like when we were doing the round two previews, right? We we broke down these two teams because we knew we were going to be covering them a little bit more with the watch alongs. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but and and somebody, you know, can fact check can fact check me or Carter if he disagrees. Um we both agree that the Flames defensive depth was more than the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Like going into this, like at least on paper, yeah, it's really not looking like it right now for the Calgary Flames. No, it, it doesn't. And, it, it looks brutal, honestly. Yeah, and I know he. I I could just tell when he came back last night that he he still wasn't at a hundred percent. But um, and, and, but I do think Chris Tanev improved you guys' back end. Oh yeah, it did. Chris Tanev at say, I don't know, seventy percent at best is. A, like is just kind of it feels like average for the way your other defensemen have been playing like that's just how they are yeah and it sounds like he was wanting to come back uh sooner and he was told to hold off so yeah that's yikes but uh yeah i mean this team could really use a (laughs) healthy chris tanev right now to help defensively uh Mm. I don't put a whole lot of blame on Jacob Markstrom, to be honest with you. But yeah, there's definitely one or two that it'd be nice if he had stopped, uh, especially for game four there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think without even looking at what the comment is, I think I saw it. Uh, do you want to bring up the start comment right now? Yeah, sure. Um, Ali asks, do you see the comeback for the Flames happening tomorrow? I can sum it up in uh, four words. Fuck, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be no fucking way, but then I was like, oh, that's only three. <laughs> that's only three. Um, yeah, I I hope so. But I'm also, again, I, I'm a I'm a realist, and I'm just kind of preparing myself at this point to be disappointed. So, yeah, I mean, which, which is a horrible way to live, but I've followed this team for, God, as long as I can remember, and it's been disappointment, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, I, as a, as an Oilers fan, the thought of Calgary just rolling over for game five in their own barn 
in a battle of Alberta. Like I literally can't even picture that. So like, no, it's if they if they do lose Game Five, the Flames. That is, it's yeah. not going to be for lack of trying. It's going to be. Like Markstrom, I fully believe he's going to have a solid game. The top line, I mean, it's really only up for them. Like they, in my opinion, in, in the last couple of opinion, games, they they just haven't been able to get it as much done. Honestly, they they felt like it felt like they were actually doing more against Dallas. Yeah, yeah. The scoring absolutely. wasn't there because Jake Ottinger decided to come out of nowhere and torment everybody that Flames fans had to literally curse Jake Ottinger if you saw any of that on Reddit. And but like like they they felt a little bit more noticeable like in that series as a whole yeah. compared to the rest of the series starting in game 2. So. Yeah. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary won game five just because I feel like they... St. Louis just scored in overtime. We're headed to game six. Oh, shit, son. Damn. Okay. Hopefully uh, wow. next week when we do an episode I didn't speak too soon. <laughs> uh, oh. um, yeah, like, I think that the Flames are... I don't want to say embarrassed because that doesn't feel like the right word, but I feel like they... Have, they should be. They've got like a... Okay, sure. You said it. <laughs> they, they definitely have a chip on their shoulder. Like, they they know that they have more to give. And this... Oh, God. Oh, then give it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this as an Oilers fan. But, like, the Flames are a better team than what they've done in the last three games. Yeah. And on the brink of elimination, just for the sake of an entertaining series, I want them to put their best foot forward. Even if it means the Oilers losing. Like, I just want to see a good, solid battle. I don't care who wins game five because I have full belief that Edmonton will win one of these three games. Ideally, game six. Yeah, really, it's a lot easier for... It's it's, it's a lot easier for Edmonton at this point than it is for Calgary, so... Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to be upset if Calgary wins game five because that's just the way it is, but... And we'll, I, and we'll get it on camera, and it'll live for, <laughs> for it'll live for infinity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or until the internet gets shut down, YouTube yeah. series go down. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have full faith in Edmonton in Game Six at home to be able to do their thing again. So I'm cautiously optimistic about Game Five. I'm not so sure anymore about the rest of the series, which yeah. sucks because this was such a fun season as a Flames fan. For mm. once. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, either way, though, I I know that in the next five years, this isn't going to be the last Battle of Alberta that we see. At least God, I, I hope, hope not. not. Like, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to just throw it back to uh, Game 3, though, um, and, and bring up a clip here. Uh, first of all, this is from Zach Lang on Twitter here. And uh, oh yeah, okay. I yeah. was like, what, what did we bring it up here? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> and, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you do. And I, I just thought this was hilarious. So this is for those just listening. This is the clip of Mike Smith returning after concussion protocol um, for like a minute and a period. half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, someone overlaid the uh, some wrestling soundbite over top of it. <laughs> oh, yeah! 
I just thought that was like when I saw that. My I, I don't know much about wrestling, but my immediate thought was like somebody needs to put like some stone cold sound bites over top of this, and then somebody yep. fucking did. So, <laughs> did it. <laughs> like <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that shot of him like leaving the game and then, like you said, for like a minute and a half, and then coming yeah. back. That which is, also I, I I gotta I gotta recognize the NHL for a moment here. Mi- minute and a half on concussion protocol. Potential guy with a concussion, <laughs> give him a solid minute and a half. Yeah, get back in there. Good job, good job, yeah. NHL. <laughs> Fucking useless piece of shit. <laughs> but uh, but him coming back after that uh, and co- going back in, in, into the net is uh, very worthy of this week. A big energy move. It's a what now? A big energy move. And Carter, what was Mike Smith letting in a goal from 132 feet away this week? Oh come on! I'm conflicted. <laughs> it feels not ro- it feels okay, wrong okay, to not how, play this okay. for a third time. But okay, how about this? How about this? A goal from 132 feet away, and then looking at first like he's blaming somebody else for it. What kind of move is that? <laughs> I'm still not doing. Do it. Just do it. A big energy move. Thank uh. you. And. I was saying on the on the watch along. I'm like, I can't wait to do the press conference after. No, he didn't blame anybody for it. It was purely just that. Yeah, he said he just lost the puck in general, yeah. and he was just happy he could laugh about it. Yeah, but you know, and I'm oh, I, I guess you literally know, Oilers fans assholes clenched when that happened. Oh, absolutely, because all the momentum went over to Calgary, and then a unfortunate incidental uh double minor uh for high sticking which i'm not arguing whatsoever don't don't take it that way i'm not arguing mm-hmm. whatsoever uh completely shifts it back to edmonton's edmonton's way so yeah so yeah i just wanted to bring that up for uh for game three there but yeah i mean Either way, and maybe this is just because my team's up 3-1, but this has been an exciting series so far. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's been wildly unpredictable, which is, like, ironically kind of what a lot of people predicted, like, for this series. But, like, it was like nobody knew how it was going to go. It's like, yeah. yeah, Calgary has this, but Edmonton has this. It's like, this could be a factor, this could be a factor. And, like, literally all of it has happened. Like, we've got 9-6, we've gotten 5-3, we've gotten... Like, we've gotten literally everything yeah. in this series. Um, I just want to pull up this comment here quick from Ali. Uh, <laughs> Nate, you're just confirming Carter's reasoning for not giving you the keyboard sound file. See, yeah. the joke on this part is, though, is that I have access to this. And you know what that is? A big <laughs> energy move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so game five will be uh, Thursday night. For the Battle of Alberta, if you want Carter and I, if you want to hear Carter and I just yelling at our at our TV screens, basically over whatever the hell our team is doing in this game, uh, hopefully a win in Calgary's case. But I, who knows? You might yeah, see me completely knows. just break down mentally at the end of that game. Uh, if you if you want the possibility of seeing that, uh, you can watch the watch along on the THPN YouTube channel, the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, that game is at 7.30 Mountain, I believe, so 6.30 Pacific. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm just double checking on the time though. But uh, yeah, come hang out with us. The comment section's been awesome uh, for mm-hmm. these games so far. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's thank, been hard hey, to yeah. keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, if if you've been part of that, uh, thank you very much, and thank you for keeping it civil as well. Because I've seen a lot of bad stuff from both sides, Calgary and Edmonton fans, mm-hmm. um, on other social media platforms and whatnot. So it's nice that you know the comment section has actually been really civil with each other. Um, and that sort of thing. And we're getting a lot of people as well that like, you know, they don't necessarily have a stake in this. They just want to watch the game and hang out with us. So shout out to you guys yeah. as well. So you could be doing literally anything else with your time and you're choosing to, you know, watch it, watch it, watch two teams that you don't care about and hang out with two guys that's, you know, probably uh, at least on the last episode uh, might have made your ears bleed. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been good. And I mean, uh, tuning into yeah. these games, you get to see lots of Mick Magic as well. Um, yeah. Dude's been on a tear lately. So, uh, so yes, the uh, the Battle of Alberta tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, is at 6.30 Pacific, uh, 7.30 Mountain. Cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun time. I, yeah, I, I'm... I love this series, man. It's been so good. Someone asked the question. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but someone asked, like, what's your favorite playoff series of all time and i said this is probably going to go down as one of them could become um yeah so it's yes it's 3-1 edmonton but the series is still far from over yeah in my opinion like like we've seen with colorado st louis even just tonight like colorado was up 3-1 um looked like they were going to win they were literally a minute away from winning it and now they're going to game six yeah so ridiculous (laughs) ridiculousness (laughs) yeah uh, okay. Yes, the playoffs, the, anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's the Stanley Cup playoffs so far, and um, I guess probably by the next time we do an episode, the, the series will probably be over. Uh, yeah, they will be. So, yeah, next next Wednesday, uh, because we yeah. are we are, we we did. I guess we're we're figuring yeah. this out live right now. We did decide we're for round two. We were I starting think so. the once a week. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So yeah, next yeah. Wednesday. Uh, yeah, these series will all be done will be i believe maybe even that night starting the third round so the the conference yeah. finals so. depending on when these ones are actually done yeah we yeah. could very well be um starting or have already started round mm-hmm. three the conference yeah. finals yeah so very exciting stuff we're uh we're in the the back well almost in the back half of the stanley cup finals now with season two fuck round two coming to an end <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of talking doing these watch-alongs it has lately. been it's, yeah <laughs> My I'm voice like, was rough this morning. Yeah, it's starting It'll to probably be rough t- just tomorrow morning after this too. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's. Well, we do uh, it for you, the people. Yeah, and for our own enjoyment. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. People. Let's let's get into some what's quacking here. You got a couple things. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Carter. I'll let you dictate which path we go down first. Do we want to keep it hockey for the last let's, little bit here? Or let's do keep we... it hockey, yeah. Okay, sounds good. So this was a... Uh, looks like a Facebook post um, that was on a uh, on a page, Northside Hub in Edmonton. Hey, everyone. I'm trying to help a good friend out. He paid $1,800 for two tickets in the lower bowl for game four of the Oilers versus Flames at Rogers Place. That's a that's a lot of money, but man, those would be good seats. Oh, absolutely. It turns out that the game happened to end up scheduled on the same day as his wedding. <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> he and so he's looking for someone to take his place. 
It's at St. Anthony's Church in St. Albert at 5 p.m. on Tuesday. Her name is Ashley. She's about 5'6", 130. She likes to dance and is a fabulous cook. She'll be the one in the white dress. <laughs> I, I 100% <laughs> knew that's where that was going. I was like, this, I, this has to be a like <laughs> looking for a replacement for the the groom, for the wedding, not for the tickets. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I sent this to my girlfriend saying, you'd kill me. And she just said, divorce. oh but i i get a good chuckle out of that one so there's some uh i mean obviously that i at least i would hope that's a joke but at the same time uh that that's why i refuse if uh if when i when i get married in the future hopefully um that uh i i I will not be having it during hockey season if i can help it or like very early on in the season so and I will have somebody keeping me updated and mm. everything like that. I apologize in advance. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? There is tons of opportunity to have nice weddings from mid-July to like mid like end of September, middle of October, depending on when they yeah. decide to start it. There's tons of nice days yeah. during that time. Like exactly. why why do you have to have a wedding in May or June during <laughs> the NHL playoffs? Like You know it's playoff time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like just pick a different date. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> you got to do like September. It's preseason. The weather's just starting to cool down and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's still it's still nice. You don't have it's not like the transition to fall just yet. It's it's perfect time, mm. I think. Yeah. It's not like a birthday where you can't really help the fact that you were born at a certain time of the year. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's a wedding. You, but you can you help the fact that hey, you know around the time that playoffs are. Yeah. <laughs> and playoffs matter. <laughs> yeah. The the only time that it would have gotten messed up is during the bubble playoffs, but you weren't getting married that that time anyways. Like if you if you yeah, exactly. had your wedding planned for August, <laughs> like it wasn't happening. <laughs> no, exactly. Like you everything else was getting me- messed yeah. up. So uh, we got this comment from Ali. Did you see the proposal that happened uh, that battle with Alberta uh, for game four, actually last night's game between mm-hmm. an Oilers fan and a Flames fan too. Uh, yeah. And we said, yeah, and we'll say it again here. Congratulations to the, uh, the hopefully happy couple. We'll see what tomorrow night brings, but <laughs> yeah. um, they, they, uh, they might be sleeping in separate rooms for the next couple of nights. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, the dude must have, be a pretty good sport about it and not take hockey too seriously if he proposes yeah, exactly. to his girlfriend when the Oilers are up 3 nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the, the car ride home is her going, "Yeah, well, guess what? My team won tonight and I got engaged. The fuck did you do?" Yeah. <laughs> what did you get out of tonight? <laughs> yeah, like if if my girlfriend was a Flames fan, Okay, this, that hurt gonna be you to say, things a didn't bit. it? It did, it did a <laughs> Even lot. Even though it's imaginary, that hurt you to say. Yeah, because first of all, that wouldn't happen anyways. Like, that's <laughs> that's basically a deal breaker. But um, if, yeah, if my girlfriend was a Flames fan and we were at a Battle of Alberta playoff game and the Flames were up 3 nothing, and she decided that that was the time to propose to me, I would have been like, fuck no, sit down. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Get those cameras off of me. This isn't happening yeah. right now. I'd be like, absolutely. Did you see the scoreboard? Like, no. <laughs> McDavid just got tripped and no penalty on the plate. And you're asking me to marry you? <laughs> I am not in the mood right now. You can see the makeup running down my face. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, I just threw my beer and third, chipped my fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, but yes, it was a it was a magical moment. Yes, sure. it was a very so. magical moment. And again, congratulations <laughs> to the happy couple. So. Yeah. Okay. What else cool. you got for us here on what's quiet? All right. So we'll loop it around again one more time. Uh, back to some uh, some Kenobi talk here. I came across this. So just to remind everybody of the original clip from uh, the original Star Wars movie, then later renamed A New Hope, uh, just and, and watch Disney plug or like pull this episode because of like <laughs> seven seconds. Watch it. Uh, but we, we all know this classic line that when I kind of thought about it, this one line is never brought up again for the rest of the, like the original trilogy. But it spawned three other movies and a t- and two TV series. Mm-hmm. Here you go. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Now, what Obi-Wan actually is thinking inside uh, when he's asked the question, you fought in the Clone Wars, is... Luke, I didn't just fight in the Clone Wars. I fucking started the Clone Wars. Your mom was nearly murdered by worms, so I went up the chain of command until I was captured by Christopher Lee and these bugs making clicking sounds. Your parents came to rescue me, but fuck that up too. Then a bunch of dudes identical to a man that was just beheaded showed up. Shit was wild, kid. I even got to lay pipe with Mandalorians, try out bounty hunting, and have sexually tense encounters with a bald lady every other week. All because of your mom. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's really taking one line and stretching it. But like, you're you're not wrong. No, <laughs> not wrong whatsoever. The, the Clone Wars were started essentially because of that, and yeah, he's not wrong, especially. <laughs> especially the, the, the thing of uh have sexually tense encounters with a bald lady every other week carter how much of the clone wars tv series have you watched uh I, i've seen probably like the first three maybe four seasons but that was when it was like came out on tv so that yeah. was a long ass time ago. okay do you remember at least the the dark side user who was that bald girl like with the two red lightsabers do you remember her at all maybe if i saw a picture but honestly okay, me- i'm Honestly, I'm picturing the uh, alien from Lilo and Stitch right now. Just the lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I forget her name, but the one that that sends the um, I want to say Jabba. Is it is his name Jabba in Lilo and Stitch? No, no. It's um, not. I I don't remember. That's a movie I haven't seen in yeah. years. And please, I please. Watch it. thank you, thank you, Ali. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm pulling up. Uh, so the, the character that I was referring to is uh, Asajj Ventress. Um, and uh, yeah, here, where's your screen? The Chrome tab. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? There it is. Uh, th- this lady here. Okay, yeah, I've seen her. Recognize before, her a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Honestly, very similar to that that lady from um, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but, uh, when you finally go to watch that series, which I do highly recommend, honestly, um, yeah, when you go and watch that, you'll, there's definitely like some weird sexually intense encounters for, for whatever reason, it definitely feels that way. So yeah, it's like, like they're fighting each other 
and they're like they're flirting at the same time. It's really it, it's it's odd, but it's funny at the same time. So, um, sorry, we gotta we, we gotta address this Lilo and Stitch thing because Ali's set on it. Now. Okay, because uh, <laughs> she says no way. Pleakley is the one that comes to Lilo's house in his green. Yeah, the, the Squidward looking one that like loves mosquitoes until they eat him alive. Um, but uh, Lilo and Stitch characters. Or are you talking like the like the head of whatever of of whatever alien organization? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's oh, her name? Lilo and Stitch characters. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're deep yeah. diving into this. We've done Scooby Doo, and now we're doing Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> uh, just Grand Councilwoman. Is that that's just her name? That's her name. Grand Grand Councilwoman. Yep. Okay. the The other guy I was thinking of that I thought was Jabba. What What's his name? The one that that uh, goes with Pleakley. Jumba. Um, Jumba. Okay, so I was close. Yep. Jabba. Jumba. <laughs> Jukuba. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I don't even remember why I brought that up, but I was. Uh... I don't remember either. Oh yeah, because we were talking about that that lady. From oh yeah. The from Star Wars, and I was like, when you said bald lady, I thought of the Grand Councilwoman from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. So. That's fair. So yeah, the Grand Councilwoman is the leader of the United Galactic Federation in Lilo and Stitch. As the most powerful figure in the galaxy, others occasionally refer to her as Your Majesty and Your Highness. On the whole, she is both reasonable and well-intentioned, but has little patience for criminals. Nice. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go back and watch that movie. That's a classic. It's a good one. Yeah, it's my go-to sick movie. Whenever I'm sick, I just put that. Ah, on. that's a. You're sick all the time, dude. Are you just constantly watching that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh man all right well i think that's uh that's a good uh pretty good episode there good good yeah. back to work after like a week and a half there so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go and uh yeah and we'll be back next week uh we are going to once a week now for at least the remainder of the playoffs and a little bit after that mm-hmm. but uh yeah catch us every wednesday right here yeah, and we've got same, same bad show, same bad channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's what said on the Adam West series. Uh, we we are doing watch alongs um, for the rest of the Battle of Alberta, so Game Five for sure, which is Thursday, seven thirty Mountain, six thirty Pacific, and then if needed, Game Six will be on Saturday. Uh, time to be determined for that, and then Game Seven will be on Monday. Uh, if needed as well. So stay tuned to that I, on the yeah. Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel and at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. And Nate, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. Perfect. And uh, at Quack Report Pod is our show, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and The Quack Report on YouTube there. And yeah, that is it. Thank you guys for tuning in to this live stream or the replay on Thursday, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.